Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. We are recapping Texas's 24-21 victory over Iowa State at DKR. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined as always by uh, the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes. And Taylor, uh, this game looked like it was going to get off to a great start for Texas. They block a punt, uh, but then almost immediately... Things start to get weird. Like DeMarvin Overshawn has a scoop and score from that blocked punt, and Anthony Cook uh, runs into DeMarvin Overshawn, and they they end up getting no points out of the blocked punt. But Anthony Cook would make up for it later, Taylor. Uh, but a huge day for the Texas defense. They come up with two huge turnovers, an interception by Jalen Ford in the end zone, Anthony Cook's forced fumble on Iowa State's attempt to go ahead uh, in the final minutes of this game. And um, and Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, what can you say? Uh, they ran the ball down the number one running defense's throat today, and Texas gets the win and improves to 5-2. and two. Yeah, it was definitely not the, the prettiest win, I think is a fair thing to say, and Steve Sarkeesian was – pretty much said, you know, that after the game. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. This is a team that um, had won three of the last three, three straight games, excuse me, against Texas's Iowa State team. Um, Talked to Jordan Whittington after the game, and he mentioned how this is the first time that he's ever beaten Iowa State uh, since he's been at Texas, and that's just kind of crazy to hear. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, this is just a – I feel like all you, we can nitpick everything, Chip, with this game. We can, you know, talk about how poor the defense was playing on third downs, especially in the second half. Um, I believe that Iowa State was six of eight in third down conversions in the second half of the game, where at halftime, I believe they were three and seven. But at the end of the day, and Steve Sarkeesian kept bringing this up in post game was this is a game that last year's team would not have won. And he feels that this is, you know, in talking to the players after the game, a lot of them talked about that being the culture. You see the culture in these type of wins. And, you know, um, even though it wasn't pretty and there were some definitely ugly plays, I think, out there, at the end of the day, this team has a different mentality. And what Steve Sarkeesian said was, you know, the best teams and good teams will still win games even when they're not playing at their best. And I feel like that's kind of what Texas put together um, today against Iowa State. Much needed win, um, especially before they head to Oklahoma State um, next weekend before the bye week chip. But overall, I mean, the fact that alone that Bijan Robinson rushed for 135 yards on this Iowa State defense, as you mentioned, number one in the Big 12, I believe they're top 15 in the country in the run defense. I don't believe they've given up 100 yards to um, on the ground to any player. So the fact that he kind of got the job done and Roshan Johnson as well, it was just so crucial. And to see it against this really talented defense, I think um, should not be something that you should overlook. Yeah. I mean, if you want to know how valuable Ryan Watts is as yeah. a cornerback for Texas, you saw it uh, today against Iowa State because he goes out with 13 minutes left in the second quarter. So just barely out of the first quarter uh, with what appeared, you know, looked like a left shoulder injury, maybe a stinger. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, Taylor, you know, mentioned that 
that Watts, Jaron Thompson, and Hayden Connor, the offensive lineman, were all kind of lumped into that stinger uh, injury situation. But Ryan Watts did not return to this game. Jaron Thompson did. Uh, but Ryan Watts, I mean, you got to give it to Hunter Deckers because Iowa State could not run the football against Texas's defense. But Hunter Deckers got it going. I mean, you mentioned it. Six of eight, third down conversions. He was slinging it. They converted third and 13. You know, three third and tens, a third and nine. They, they converted a third and 10 on that uh, final drive to try to take the lead. Um, and it was because Texas had to adjust everything because Ryan Watts wasn't in there. Um, Hunter Deckers did a good job of finding um, Watts replacements in man-to-man coverage, but Texas played a lot more zone coverage in this game to try to help hide Watts' absence from the game. That didn't work. Uh, Deckers carved up that zone, but by gosh, um, Anthony Cook, I mean, Texas fans had to have been just unable to breathe on that final drive because Iowa State is moving right down the field. They converted a fourth down. Now Xavier Hutchinson dropped what, could have should have been a touchdown for Iowa State all alone inexplicably dives for the ball when he could have just stayed in stride and caught it and he he catches it but he can't control it to the ground because he dove uh, that was a huge break for Texas but Anthony Cook comes up with when when we look back at it one of the plays of the year because Iowa State certainly was in field goal range already Taylor um and, and that was a bang-bang play in which Cook barely got the ball out before Decker's knee hit. They reviewed it. I don't know if Matt Campbell was more upset about not getting that call or he, him thinking that Anthony Cook committed targeting, which I don't know how you, how you judge that when the quarterback is a runner at that point. He's not defenseless. But nonetheless, uh, huge play. And one that, you know, helped Texas get away with with this win. And we learned how valuable Ryan Watts is as a cornerback for this team. Yeah, he absolutely was. Because honestly, the minute that he left the game, I was in the press box uh, with Jeff Howe. And I said, I was like, they're just like picking on anybody that wasn't Deshaun Jameson, essentially, at that point. Um, and and it worked. Honestly, it did. And and. You know, I'm not trying to discredit Austin Jordan or Terrence Brooks. They're both true freshmen. haven't really seen a, a ton of playing time. So for them to come in and have to take over for Ryan Watts, who's been one of the more consistent, you know, playmakers on defense, especially in the secondary, uh, those are big shoes to fill. And, um, you know, Sark was talking about how they had to kind of maneuver some of the guys in the secondary with like Jade Barron and uh, Jalen Gilbo to try to fill his void a little bit too it the it it was definitely his absence was crucial and this just goes to show I don't know if maybe he's gotten enough credit for the way he's been playing this year that's Ryan Watts that is um I I feel like now Texas fans you know you got to tip your hat to him because clearly him not being on the field really started changing the the way of the game even though Texas did have you know that that 17 to 7 lead at one point um, but at the end of the day, Chip, you know, they made plays when it mattered most. And Texas, I think they had never had a fumble recovery yet this season, right? That's right. They were yeah, the only team so, in the Big 12 without a fumble recovery, and now they have one. A huge yeah, one. 
a huge one. I mean, literally, that's the reason why Texas was, you know, able to, uh, well, I guess, had the final drive and finish the game with the ball in their hands, which is what Steve Sarkeesian always talks about wanting. But no doubt about it, his loss was was very apparent, honestly. And uh, and when Steve Sarkeesian, he kind of lumped them all, as you said, like into the stinger category. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how um, how he kind of heals because I didn't even – so I'm not going to say this definitively. I didn't even see him on the sideline, honestly, after um, he left the game where um, Jaron Thompson, as you said, like Stinger, he went back into it too. I don't recall seeing him on the sidelines. So that's going to be something to watch definitely going into this week as Texas prepares to take on Oklahoma State on the road. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Watts left the game with 13 minutes left in the second quarter and finished as the team's Second leading tackler with seven tackles. Jalen Ford led the team with eight tackles. And the 54-yard touchdown pass given up uh, was, A, the longest touchdown play of the year given up. uh, Well, pass, sorry, pass. They gave up an 81-yard touchdown run against Alabama. Uh, But Texas had done a great job of not giving up explosive plays for touchdowns. Uh, But Hunter Deckers did find uh, Jalen Knoll against... um, um, Austin Jordan in in coverage and brilliant. I mean, it, it was kind of an easy pitch and catch um, because they they had a play action fake. Anthony Cook kind of got sucked up, and uh, and Jalen Knoll wide open, fifty four yard touchdown as part of the Iowa State comeback. Um, they you know scored fourteen unanswered points there in the second half to go up twenty one uh, seventeen. And then Taylor, so you've got you've got the importance of Ryan Watts, you've got the unbelievable ability of of Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson to run the football because in the second half, Steve Sarkeesian knew his defense was in trouble. They came out trying to run it. Um, you know, like one run at a, there was a 13 play drive where they ran it 11 times. Uh, Bijan Robinson opened with a 25 yard run. Uh, Bijan Robinson also had an amazing catch uh, to help set up another touchdown. This guy's hands are unbelievable. Um, but Texas was able to run the ball against Iowa State in the second half, possess the ball 17 minutes, uh, nearly 18 minutes to Iowa State's 11:53. That's a big difference, especially when you're dealing with a red-hot quarterback and you've got to keep him off the field. Um, the Texas running game did that. I thought Bijan Robinson had one of his best games. You know, those were some of the most unbelievable three and four and five yard runs where he's making guys miss point blank. Uh, that was huge. And it's probably going to go a little bit unnoticed uh, because of the huge plays on defense that Texas made, especially late in the game. But Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, they were fantastic today at a time where they absolutely had to be counted on because I mean, Taylor, even Quinn Ewers didn't have a great day today. I mean, he, he had three touchdown passes, but my gosh, his start to the game, you know, he, he tries to throw the ball away behind the line of scrimmage to, to Jatavian Sanders. That's a lateral to live ball. They end up with a 16 yard loss. It was just one of the worst first quarters uh, we've ever seen. Uh, and certainly the worst quarter of football from Quinn Ewers to this point, but being able to run that football uh, was huge. Yeah, it was. And Steve Sarkeesian, he was taught or he was asked about, you know, um, 
why he was relying so heavily on the run game, um, especially against this this tough Iowa State defense, especially run defense. And and he said he's like, you know, when when the games start breaking down and the game's on the line, I want the ball in the hands of the people I trust the most. And he was referencing Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson when they prior to you know making the fourth quarter comeback um, for the touchdown that was worthy. Um, it was worthy, right? That caught that. Sorry, I was I was walking down to the field as this all was like kind of yeah. going on. So yeah, yeah. The, and that's yeah. I was going to bring that up next. The fourth and three gutsy, mm-hmm. you know, fourth down call right there with four minutes forty three seconds left. Sarkeesian calls timeout to go for it, and yeah, unbelievable. You know, pitch and catch from Ewers to to Worthy, the three yard touchdown proved to be the game winning points. Yeah, and and he just you know he couldn't talk up Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson enough, honestly. And he was like, like I trust them. Anytime that they have the ball in their hands, I trust that they are not going to do something to turn it over. And I know that Bijan Robinson last year against Iowa State had two fumbles. Um, and I that I feel like you know we we talked on the flagship podcast going into this game, Chip, about how um. You could tell in talking to Bijan Robinson leading up to the game that he still had kind of a, a vendetta against Iowa State because of his performance last year. Um, I think he finished that game with 90 yards rushing, but those two fumbles those were so uncharacteristic of him. Obviously, he had the one against Texas Tech this year, but the reality is he's a guy that Steve Sarkeesian clearly trusts and it paid off. And same with Roshan Johnson. I mean, you know, I, we, I think Bijan Robinson's obviously the headliner of this group, but Roshan Johnson still rushed for. Um, 71 yards against this really stout Iowa State defense. And he actually led the team in um, rushing yards per, or uh, average rushing yards with 6.5 yards per carry. Bijan Robinson had 4.8 yards. So both of them are just, they're so critical to this offense. And and uh, as you mentioned, Quinn Ewers obviously did not have the greatest um, start to the game. He, he made you know, good throws when he needed to make them most, I would say. But yeah, he he seemed a little off a little bit um, throughout the game, just kind of up and down a little. But the best, you know, quarterback's best friend is a good running game. <laughs> and when you have two, one, in the number one, I would say the best running back in the country in B. John Robinson, but easily the best running back room um, just collectively. Roshan Johnson, I feel like probably doesn't get enough respect nationally um, that he probably deserves. But those two are the, that one-two punch is a that that can be a, a knockout punch. Uh, before we continue this conversation, let's take a really quick break, but uh, we will return and finish up with our final thoughts for Texas Iowa State and give a little preview um, for Texas next game, which is a road game at Oklahoma State next Saturday. We'll be right back. Chip, um, you know, I know you wanted to talk about worthy. How, how do you feel about, you know, his overall performance in this game? Well, Worthy, um, you know, came through when they absolutely had to have it. I mean, again, Longhorns fans couldn't breathe a couple times late in this game. And one of them was that fourth and goal, uh, four minutes, 43 seconds to go. Sarks, you know, angrily calls timeout. Uh, and they come out of the they come out of the huddle, the timeout with the little whip route from um you know worthy and yours did a great job of identifying worthy and one-on-one off to the left uh he broke inside like he was running a slant but then he did this turn back to the inside on that whip route went right back outside and yours had the ball right to him touchdown and boom fourth 
and goal, touchdown, sigh of relief. Of course, Iowa State would then drive down the field into field goal range and put everyone uh, in Burn Orange Nation back on uh, heart uh, paddles. But, um, you know, I, I Worthy came through big. And, you know, he is so hard to cover. Uh, he does a great job getting off the line. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, we mentioned uh, Worthy. Jordan Whittington got his first touchdown today. Finally. Remember we were talking on Wednesday about it. Like, I want to see him get a touchdown just for him. <laughs> yeah. Five-yard route. Beautiful design. Uh, he celebrated by running over and slamming on the rails of Bevo's pen. Didn't think that was such a great idea, but Bevo clearly recognizing a fellow Longhorn had just scored, just sat there chewing on his cud. So uh, that was a little bit of a relief. But um, and Jordan Whittington, you know, doing all the blocking, doing what's necessary. Uh, Jatavian Sanders and Worthy both complained about, you know, possible pass interference uh, when Texas had to settle for a field goal after an amazing drive, double digit play drive. Um, Sanders looked like he was blocked from running his route. And then on the very next play on third and goal, um, Worthy looked like he was blocked from running his route. No flags. They end up having to kick that field goal um, with with Burt Auburn, who missed a field goal in the first quarter. Uh, so Texas desperately needed those points. And uh, and so you know, and then Casey Kane, Taylor, Casey Kane. Ewers misses him twice, wide open, deep. One would have been a walk-in touchdown. And then Kane, wide open, drops a Ewers pass that might have gone for a touchdown. Just a weird day for the Texas passing offense. Um, just a weird day. It was. It was for sure. And especially coming out, you know, off of the game against Oklahoma, you know, where Texas played so well um, in pretty much every phase of the game, except for Bert Robbins missed field goal in that one too. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a, I think a little uncharacteristic of Quinn Ewers and some of the receivers as well that Casey can, the one that he dropped, that was just like, a, Oh my gosh, dude, like that. You could have, that was a house call, you know, type of thing. If you would have just caught it, went off his hand. It seemed like it went off both of his hands, honestly, too. But um yeah, I mean, but I, I keep going kind of get back to what Sark said after the game. Like all of these things were kind of going or some a lot of things were going wrong for Texas, but they still ended up with a win. And that's so opposite of what they showed every and, you know, the losses last season. It seemed like week in and week out every time it was like, oh, things start going wrong. And it's like, here we go again. And then Texas would end up losing the game. Um, I, I feel like if you want to take anything, if you're a Texas fan, you want to take anything away from this game, good, bad, and ugly. I know there's a lot of bad and ugly, but the fact that this team did pull it together, did come out with a win, that is a complete 180 from the Longhorns in 2021 in the first year of Steve Sarkeesian. And that that's the culture. You know, I think that is a, it's a culture win. Um, it, it's, you could see the, the shift in mentality of the Texas players for being able to not just come back, but be confident in themselves to come back and win this game. So, and they plays honestly where it mattered, mattered most. I mean, that fumble at the end of the game, I mean, that was, you know, Iowa State was in field goal territory at that point. So that was so crucial. Um, I, when Sark said that, I was like, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that this team last year would have lost this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes coaches just 
whip out hyperbole in the moment, but that that rang true. Um, and and Anthony Cook, Anthony Cook deserves a lot of love because he also came through against Alabama um, and on a on a huge third down stop uh, or fourth down stop, excuse me, fourth down stop, and Texas ends up you know driving and and kicking that field goal. Uh, to go up with a minute 29 left. But Anthony Cook's come up big in some big moments, um, especially in the red zone, and that was huge. I mean, it was an unbelievable hit. He got his shoulder pad right on the ball, um, and it comes loose. And Jalen Ford, uh, who's led the team in tackles five straight games now, uh, after that huge interception earlier, recovers Texas's first fumble of the season. And And Taylor, I agree with you that this was a culture win for Texas. We said this was going to be a big test for the Texas offense against the elite nature of the Iowa State defense, which came in number one in scoring, number one against the run, number one against the pass. We did not figure it was going to be a slice and dice job on the Texas secondary, even with backups in the game. Although Hunter Deckers came in to this game leading the Big 12 in passing yards. So Iowa State's been a passing team, and mm-hmm. Texas had to know it. Uh, it it was a rough day at times, for sure. Texas didn't get much pressure on the quarterback. Three tackles for loss. Um, they just weren't able to get to to uh, Hunter Deckers. So um, that leads us to going back on the road, though. And I want to ask you, Taylor, because I I think this this was a scary test at home, and and you barely won at home. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to go play Oklahoma State, who's battling TCU today. Uh, Oklahoma State was leading that game uh, in the fourth quarter, 30-23, to 23, um, while we're recording this. But um, is this culture strong enough, uh, or will Oklahoma State be an appetizing opponent enough to get all of Texas's attention and mojo? Because Steve Sarkeesian said after, uh, the win over Iowa State, I was definitely worried about my team being focused, considering they were playing a really good team who'd lost three straight games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, th- this is a huge test. And I feel like maybe, honestly, I, will, I may eat my words, who knows, when we talk next uh, Saturday, but honestly, it's almost, in my opinion, a good thing that this happened because Sark talked about how um, – you know, everybody was talking up Texas after that that forty nine to nothing, you know, shut out of Oklahoma. Um, that you know, he said he was like, even if they try to avoid it, it's impossible to avoid. If you're on social media, you're going to see it. You know, when it was everybody was praising Texas in that game, and he's like, and sometimes that will sink in a little bit, even if they don't want it to sink in, or even if they're trying to avoid it, it still does. And I think that the fact that that happened this week and not next week, you know, like coming out of this game or something. And then, cause I feel like if, you know, on the road, that's really hard to um, come back in. And so the fact that this happened here, I feel like it should be a wake up call for Texas um, based off of, you know, talking to some of the players after the game, I think it was, and I think it was pretty clear, you know, that this was not the best performance. Um, Obviously a win's a win. That's fantastic. But in talking to the players, I would be a little surprised right now if um, they don't take what happened and realize, you know, that they could have easily lost this game 
and, uh, you know, going on the road and facing a really talented Oklahoma State team as well. You know, one of the teams that's in the top of the Big 12 right now. I mean, I feel like it has to be a wake up call. And, and at this point, I don't necessarily think that there's any reason to think it won't be, you know, that this performance happening now won't be a wake up call. Um, because I feel like every time that Texas has had any type of issues or anything like that, you don't really see them continue it the week after, right? You know, like um, there have been opportunities, obviously, like the Texas Tech game obviously was a kind of an anomaly thing, but it's not like they showed up the next week and were making the same mistakes that they did against Texas Tech. So right now, I would say that you have to hope that this is a wake-up call. I feel like the players and talking to them after the game, they will take it that way. And I have no doubt that Sark is going to hammer that home often all week, you know, uh, leading up to this Oklahoma State game because they can't, you know, they can't be, you know, flying high all the time and listening to all the hype if they're not going to show up on Saturday. So I personally think it will be a good thing that this happened this time. But, um, you know, we'll see. This will be Quinn Ewer's first uh, start on the road, a true road start. You know, he obviously played against Oklahoma, but that's a neutral site. So we'll we'll see what this team is made up of if this uh, culture mentality comes through and uh, continues. And I think right now, though, I would feel like it would be surprising if it didn't, Chip. What about you? Yeah, I mean, um, this is, um, you know, this is that that rare situation that coaches privately love. You win the game, but you have a ton of mistakes and a ton of things to work on. And maybe it was focused, maybe on defense, it was losing Ryan Watts. And now these uh, replacement players, if Watts is out against Oklahoma state, um, having a week of preparation is going to help them to have more confidence and focus more and make sure that they're prepared. Are they watching enough film? That's something a true freshman rarely does. Uh, so, and then you have to look at um, Oklahoma state. I mean, they're, they're vulnerable in the secondary. And, you know, this Oklahoma State team has played three. They will have played three wicked uh, games. Um, they've played Baylor. They are playing on the road against TCU, which may have the you know best offense in the in the league right now. And and Sark's going to be able to use both of those games to learn so much uh, about what it's going to take to win in Stillwater. Now, that's the positive. Like you said, Taylor, these players have to handle success. They've got to put in double the work like they did against Alabama because this team has not been very good in true road games. And um, and so lots ahead for Texas uh, in terms of preparing for that, uh, for that game in Stillwater next Saturday. But um, Listen, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this flagship podcast recap of Texas's 24-21 win over Iowa State. What a thriller. Huge plays. Uh, definitely worth talking about. Thanks so much for, for listening in. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at Horns247.com. For Taylor Estes, I'm Chip Brown. Stay safe and keep the faith.